0: Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a conversation between Pastor Gary and myself, and we are talking, you guessed it, stewardship. This is, in a lot of ways, an extended cut of my sermon, my stewardship sermon from January 31st, and Pastor Gary's stewardship sermon from February 7th. Many of the themes that we pick up on are further reflections on themes that we talked about in those two sermons. And then there's even some additional content as well. We're going to talk about tithing a lot, um, but you're going to want to listen to this, I promise you. I I think that the way Pastor Gary talks about tithing is just really unique and in a different way probably that you haven't heard before. All of this is um, just a way to embrace this call to stewardship that lives at the heart of the gospel in a lot of ways. And, and also it's because we really care, Pastor Gary and myself, about, about giving you this gift. It, it really is a gift in a lot of ways, as, as we talk about. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm giving away way too much of what's ahead. So here it is, the conversation between Pastor Gary and myself on stewardship. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this conversation podcast. Pastor Gary and I are sitting down just to talk a little bit more about stewardship. It is stewardship season here at Bethany. And so I preached a stewardship sermon on January 31st. Pastor Gary preached one uh, this past weekend, February 7th. And what we want to do today is just take some time to maybe talk a little bit more about some of the pieces that we haven't gotten to mention yet. We're going to start by just going over some of Pastor Gary's sermon from yesterday, February 7th, and picking up on those pieces. But then we'll dive into more details as well, because this is a big topic and a really important topic for our life of faith. That's why we're spending so much time on it, so much um, material is being created around it, uh, because it's something that I really think we're called to to consider and, and, and care about. It's a big aspect of our life of faith. And, and so we'll begin, though. Oh, oh what I should say as well. If you missed any of those stewardship oh, yeah. sermons, those are right there on this podcast feed. My sermon from the 31st, Pastor Gary's sermon from the 7th. You can listen to them here and play them and share them with friends. You can listen to it multiple times if you want. And then also, of course, it's also on the YouTube channel if you ever want to... Um, see our facial expressions and hand motions that go along with the sermons
1: um, that's always uh, fun and entertaining as well but, especially yeah. i should mention last week because i did a lot about holding that seat in your hand you do, so, so sure. you do so you do wanna stewardship is about there's there's a tactile place for it so i would encourage you to to consider exploring the visual as well
0: that's right well and the reason that you were talking about holding a seat is because Your sermon was largely based on this reading, um, this parable of Jesus about the parable of the mustard seed. Right, And I love this parable, and and I I really just love the parables of Jesus because they're often these short little, you know, quips, these little stories. And then when you look at it carefully, you realize there's so much packed into the details of the text itself. And, And this one in particular, you did a really great job of pointing out in your sermon about how... There's this emphasis on the kingdom of god is like a sower who sows a seed and you talked about that action right. being such a big part of stewardship and why this is really a stewardship parable in your mind and so i want to pick up on a couple of other pieces that you didn't have time to mention in your sermon um but give us even more um material for talking about this stewardship one of the pieces about a mustard seed being planted right that, this is how the parable goes you plant a mustard seed and the birds of the air make the nests in the shade of this great shrub that grows from a mustard seed being planted. But what you need to remember is that in those days, you wouldn't have wanted a mustard plant in your garden. The mustard, the mustard plant was, was an invasive species that could really take over a whole garden and ruin everything else. And I think that that's a great metaphor for stewardship, too, in the sense that, it just seems so backwards, right? When the exactly. world hears that, you know, the church asks you to, to, to give and to give joyfully and to give freely, it seems very different than the, the message we get of like, get as much as
1: you can for yourself. Right, and so that's the way that you wanna consider a parable too. It should call you into a different way of thinking.
0: Yeah. And I
1: love this idea. That a mustard plant is what we would call maybe an invasive species, uh-huh. and I know what it 's like to we, at one of my previous congregations where I was a member, they had a work day for us to pull out an invasive species <laughs> that had started growing around the periphery of the uh, uh, you know, of, of their uh, land. And that's usually the kind of thing you want to get rid of. But when you think about stewardship, you think about this this mustard plant that's going to grow, and we're going to talk about how it grows and becomes this place where birds of the air makes nests in its branches. But stewardship in itself has a way of invading our life. Hmm. It invades that concept that says that money's yours, and you are to use it for your own use, your own benefit, and you should get more of it for your own use and your own benefit. And stewardship invades that.
0: And yeah. it starts
1: taking over parts of our life. In a way, it takes over our selfishness mm. and turns it into generosity.
0: Yeah. Well, Anne, I love that you mentioned the birds there as well. Um, because this is the other, the other backwards part about this parable, um, but that can be so good, right? Like what you're describing here is how stewardship yeah, can take over and really flip the script on what society tells you. But, but it becomes this really wonderful thing that you actually do desire and want. And in the same sense, birds, right? The, the way that the parable goes is that the mustard seed grows into this great shrub and then the birds of the air can make their nests in its branches. But you got to remember, you wouldn't want birds in your garden either. <laughs> birds would ruin your crops and they would eat the seeds that are sown. And, and that would be the last thing you want is for the birds to have a home within your garden. But yet Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It, it's totally backwards. And it yet it creates space for those that are unwanted. The birds are the unwanted of the garden, but they have a home in the kingdom of God. And don't we know that to be true? That the kingdom of God is a place where... Where the homeless are sheltered and where the hungry are fed, and don't we know that our stewardship helps make all that possible, right? When when we give to these great causes and organizations, we're helping spread the kingdom of God, make bring the kingdom to earth as it is in heaven,
1: by creating space for the unwanted of society, so to speak. Exactly. And even Jesus, when talking about that, would say, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? I mean, these are mm. these are birds that um have no place or no use except for maybe to be sacrificed huh. in a way. And that Jesus would say, no, our 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 Heavenly Father understands more than anything the worth of everything in God's creation. And so whatever we do to look at that, and the same would be true for people in our society that almost seem either unwanted or at best unworthy Mm -hmm. and those would be the exact places that in a way the kingdom of god will never be the kingdom of god if they are excluded right the only way it's truly the kingdom of god is if the people of god don't just um don't just create space for them but make a home for them yeah
0: yeah and isn't that right that's Church at its best. That's right, right. Is where everyone feels welcome and accepted and like they can have a home in this place and in this community. And I think we hear those stories all the time about people who have found belonging in a church community and they've never experienced that before. Exactly. That's often what's so so powerful about it. I remember I worked at summer camp for a number of years and that was always such a profound moment for me to see because you could tell that, you know, the campers who usually were on the fringes and, you know, back in their home life didn't have places to belong. And yet yeah. they found that community at, at church camp. Um, and I think, yeah, church at its best, that's what it looks like as well. But to, it, and notice too, right, with all of this, stewardship is kind of this undercurrent for, for what we're speaking about. Because as sure. you, and maybe say a little bit, even though you're repeating yourself, and you can listen <laughs> to his sermon on his podcast feed. Um, but about that, your key insight of this parable about it, it starts with the sower, the, the action of the sower. And I Uh I just think that that's an important piece to kind of bring out as we're adding all these further details from the parable.
1: Well, I think it is, too, is that stewardship is something that calls out active engagement in us. There's very little about stewardship that's passive. In fact, I don't know if there's anything about stewardship (laughs) that is passive. Maybe in some ways you could say the The biggest challenge that might come in stewardship is also also one of the biggest blessings of the church, and that might be electronic giving is that for some people can feel passive uh-huh. about what they're doing, but I would say that's why we highlight in worship every Sunday there's this important part of worship called offering because it's a place where we realize that's that's an active part of our life it's an actually an active part of our worship life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we call that out as a specific part of our worship, so that even if you give electronically you can't you can't get our um uh you you can't set that aside it's no longer passive it's an active part of your worship life, which then makes it an active part of your life the same way that of course in scripture when we would talk about things that um you know there were so many the, the people who would understand the cycle of planting and all of that. Right. They would understand the activity of sowing. And so creating that very real action as a way of expressing your, your way of um, supporting God-pleasing ministries, it should feel that active. It should feel feel when you give to a God-pleasing ministry like you just went out into the garden and turned over the soil and put a seed into it and cared for it. Yeah and maybe what we don't call out enough too as
0: the parable suggesting is that those actions however small they might be are a part of building the kingdom of God. Absolutely. It was just a small mustard seed that grew into a great shrub that all the birds could make their nests in its branches and in the same sense all even the smallest actions of giving and, and, and giving of your hard-earned time and money and talents can help to grow the kingdom and create those spaces that the world so desperately needs. Right, right. So those were my main little pieces I wanted to pick up on on the parable. And, and again, Pastor Gary's sermon from Sunday was really long, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was intentional because uh, there's a lot of great things to stay on stewardship. But I want to kind of shift now too, realizing Right, like I and my my stewardship sermon was also a little <laughs> long, if I'm being honest. And yet I know we both have a lot more that we didn't even right, get to cover. So I right. wanted to give you that opportunity. What was on the cutting room floor, Pastor Gary, that didn't make it in the sermon for Sunday, but that is still relevant to this stewardship conversation.
1: You actually write in my notes and I realized if I start talking about this, the sermon won't be long. It'll be <laughs> extremely long. And so Part of that was this whole concept of bountiful giving. And what does that mean? Because unfortunately, some of us feel that the parable says that if you have a lot of resources, you can give bountifully. But if you have very few resources, you're going to give sparingly. And that's not the case. Bountiful giving, and Paul points this out as well, is not based on the amount that you give, but the amount of of the effect of that giving on you. And so that bounty sometimes means, where does this affect me? And so part of my bounty, I guess the baseline where I have found my life, realized is that bountiful giving starts with the concept of tithing, which Mm. is a, a tithe is a tenth, so giving 10% of your resources to God-pleasing ministries. And I've realized for me that that in my life, 5% does not feel like bountiful giving anymore. But when I hit a 10% mark, I know that it has a effect on me. And here's the interesting thing. If I give away 5% of my resources, it has a financial effect on me. And at times, it actually feels negative. I can think of all the things I'm not doing for me <laughs> by giving 5% of my resources away. Sure. But when I get to 10%, now I could create a much bigger list of things that I am not doing for me because of my generosity, but instead, when I get to 10%, what I realize is I'm no longer thinking about the giving financially. It's turned into a spiritual venture for me, and I understand that the 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 sowing bountifully and reaping bountifully has become spiritual, and the financial aspect really doesn't have a hold on me anymore.
0: Yeah, well, and I think, I'm glad you bring this all up, because... Well, I, I spoke in my sermon about that that spiritual dimension of giving, right. right? Like Jesus calls us to it because it's a matter of of the of the soul, and, and Jesus kind of knows and saw even in those days the ways that money could just really mess people up, and we and we know that to be true that when you get so focused on greed, I feel like so many of our of our wars of 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 the pain and suffering in the world can kind of just be traced back to the The greed of one or two individuals Absolutely. honestly, yeah, um and sometimes, you know and, and it obviously it doesn't always become that sinister and dramatic, but I think we also all know how our greed can just mess us up and mess up our thinking and our relationships with others, and that's why Jesus is trying to reframe it, and, and that's what I hear you saying too is that like tithing is this this biblical instruction that is meant to help us reframe how we approach money in general or our resources in general. And it's to just kind of plant in us this recognition that everything comes from God. And so everything goes back to God as well. Uh, The thing I always say about tithing too is it's one of those items that just comes up in the scripture so many times right. that you kind of can't ignore it, you know, uh-huh. even if you wish it wasn't there, um, right? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's no explaining this one away um, because it was, an, you know, it was a clear instruction to the Israelites way back in the day and then it continues to be carried forward. Paul wrote about it a lot. Um, it just seems to be that there's something really essential and important about this idea that God wants us to know, right? And, and and we always have to remember with any type of biblical commandment, so to speak, is that God gives those to us as a gift, right? It, it's not because God's like, you know what? I'm going to really show them. And then they're going to understand um, that I'm God because of this rule. No, no, no. Like God knows that this is the best way to live. And, and that's what I hear mm-hmm. you saying too, is that when you, when you give, when you tithe like this, that it, it kind of just changes your whole framework, for understanding how you relate to money and 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 the rest of it, say, say more it about does. it. Does
1: it does? It's that money has a con- a certain control over us because so many things. I mean, I don't I don't have electricity in my house. I don't have food on my table. I don't have any of those things without financial resources, without money. That does all of that, and so it's easy for money to start consuming us. Mm-hmm. And tithing is a way of opening that up, where it says money no longer has a hold on me, but there's a freedom to that. And I think as I ended my sermon talking about, you know, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift is the is how Paul phrases that. But the gift is realizing that money does not have to have a hold on us. And for me, tithing is a release. It's a way of saying, if I can give away 10% of what I believe is mine, <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know we can we can get all the semantics, oh, it's really God, so it's been returning to God and this and this sure, and sure. this, yeah. and you know, but like I said, <laughs> in the end, my name's on the bank account, you know and and as far as Chase Bank is concerned, it's my money and but there's something freeing almost about believing it's mine, because then when I give it away, I realize it no longer controls me, yeah, but my and that's where probably the difference between giving a gift and being a steward. And I realized that when I am a steward of my resources, I turn myself over to God because stewardship has invaded my life. Stewardship has become an invasive, uh, you know, an invasive being in me. But here's the thing once you have it, you wouldn't let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, Herb Chilstrom, the first bishop of the ELCA when it was formed in, in 1988, had this wonderful comment. He says, you don't meet an ex-tither. And once tithing becomes a spiritual part of your life, you would never want to let it go. It would sort of be like saying, oh, when I really got interested in prayer, I got so so much closer to God. When I got really interested in reading the Bible, I got so much closer to God. There wouldn't be many people who would say, so I prayed for a month and I got closer to God and I thought, that's probably enough. That's as close as I want to get. <laughs> you know, you just don't feel that way. Yeah. I think being a tithing steward has that same capture of your spirit.
0: Yeah, well, and and it, it is just such a different perspective on things. It seems like that's the theme of our conversation here. Yeah. And I remember I had a, a member of a congregation that I, my first congregation that I served, and she came and talked to me and said, like, so how does tithing work, right? Like, do, does this mean the total amount of my oh, income yeah. or is it after taxes? And I kind of just looked at her and I'm like, I, I think you're asking the wrong questions, right? Like, <laughs> y- you'll know. It's between you and God, right? Because what she was doing there was turning it back into a financial decision. Right. right? Like a financial piece. And that's kind of what I said to her, too, is like, no, we got we to gotta shift out of this mindset of like, yeah, no, it's after taxes or my net worth is actually this because I have some stocks that I also should I tithe on those Don't get caught in the minutia of it. You'll you'll know. You understand. And it's between you and God. um, But it is this, you know, it's a challenge in a lot of ways. It should feel challenging because in that challenge, that reframes your relationship with your
1: finances, which is what it's really about. Yeah, Really just getting down to the spiritual core of all of this. In the same way Luther would talk about law and gospel, what happens is why people don't like tithing is because they feel like it's law. Mm-hmm. When tithing becomes gospel, there you go. It really is good news. Yeah, that's the that's the whole challenge. Is that if tithing is a burden to you, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's what I would say. Well, and you even addressed that on on Sunday
0: in some ways, in talking about how the this instruction to give is itself a gift, right? right? Like the, right. the the opportunity to give is something that that God is giving to us. Um, to, to, to help change all of this uh, negativity that we often associate with money. Um, and I, I had a friend who also told me this story about how he loved when they would pass the plates on Sunday morning. This is when he was in college and when he would have money to put into it. Now, this isn't a, a prime example of tithing, so to speak, <laughs> but he would love when he was able to put money in the offering plate on Sunday morning, at, the subtext being after he had gone out to the bars on Saturday night, because it, in his mind, that money he put in the offering plate was something that he didn't mess up. He's like, thank God, I didn't, you know, I know that that $20 is going to a good place. But I, I tell this story because it does illustrate, like, it was a gift to him. Yeah, The opportunity to give, He and he had a lot of other things to work through, obviously. But to him, it was
1: such a gift to have that chance to put money to a good cause like that. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things we probably should say about tithing is, if you, you know, if you go through your taxes this year and you realize, oh, I was at 4% or I was at 7% or even 9%. Oh, I didn't tithe. I must be such a worm. Uh, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's not, again, tithing is not meant to be a guilt experience for those who aren't. Uh-huh. But for those who live it, there's, there's no way I could be a pastor and not talk to you about tithing because I know what a blessing it is for my life. Mm. And I would hate for somebody to meet me in heaven in 50 years and to say, why didn't you tell me what a joy (laughs) it was to be generous? I think Mm -hmm. my responsibility is to say, this is something that can be a part of your life. And so I encourage people to try it out. If you're at 5% now, take three or five years to get to 10% and see what a difference it makes for you. Don't feel guilty about where you are now, but do feel challenged about saying what might God do to me spiritually if I make adjustments in my finances.
0: And the only, I think the piece just to add, like to give a little clarity of all this too, and we've done a good job of talking about this, the, the instruction here is, is, is the giving and the generosity of it. right? And, and and you you've done a great job of speaking on many times about how right yeah if you support the American Cancer Society that's wonderful that's life giving if you support some of our um you know other organizations in the area that are bringing the arts to life et cetera yeah right like the the it, while we would love for people to tithe to Bethany right like just mm-hmm. but that's not the point you know and, and yes your your right. money does help keep ministry going here and we're so grateful for that but the real point as you say right on the spiritual level is it, to discover this gift. Mm -hmm. Um, and to recognize you know of of being of holding your finances loosely in that way so that they can be a blessing to others absolutely yeah
1: so we just want to encourage you in your life of generosity to to know where it can go where it can grow if Bethany can be a part of that obviously we're pleased because we do believe Bethany is that place where yeah people are welcome to come in to experience the love of God we Mm -hmm. think the kingdom of God is made known by the ministries of Bethany Lutheran Church So if, uh, you know, a portion, and even if it's a a great portion of your generosity comes here, know that we take that very seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, great. Um, Next week, just so you know, Pastor Gary is going to be doing a final podcast on stewardship. He has even more that he wants to say, and we (laughs) want to give him that opportunity. Uh, But we really appreciate you listening, sharing, and continuing to tell your friends about uh, this podcast and the great resources available on it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you real soon. Stay in peace.